Southern Bramble is a Patreon-supported podcast, and we'd like to thank our top-tier patron supporters, sponsors by name, Billy, a Witch of the Lower Green Swamp, Josie the Mountain Troll, and Pamela Steerig. Thank you all so very much. You're listening to Southern Bramble, a podcast of Crooked Ways. I'm Marshall, the Witch of Southern Light. And I'm Austin, Bane X Bramble on Instagram. And today we have a very special guest with us. Please welcome Nay Nordmans of House of Nomai. Is it Nomai or Nomi? I think Nomi personally. Okay. I like that. It's cuter. It is cute. It is like cute. Nomi, like Nomi Malone. No. Precisely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Nay, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. That's very great. excited to be here. This is this is my first podcast, so is it? Is it me? Really? Be gentle with me, ladies. No voyage. <laughs> we absolutely will be will be gentle with you. I think there's. I think we have some really cool things. I will say that the the gnomes have certainly been up to a trick or two because we've had to. The first time we all collectively forgot. That we scheduled this, God, how long ago? Uh, forever. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I feel like November. November, we all collectively forgot about it. And then, no, it had to even be before that because then yes. in November, um, we couldn't record because something came up. And so now we are here in the new year, 2024. This is the right time, according mm. to our hopeful, hopefully infallible uh, gnomic divination system. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to have you on today. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk about gnomes. Okay, this is something really, really fascinating. Uh, Austin brought this to my attention last year, and I was just like, a whole episode on gnomes. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. There's so much lore. There's so much... Mm-hmm history and fairy tale and I, I i mean i don't even know if i'm using the right word when i say fairy tale but like uh, and we're going to discuss that of course um what did i see recently i was on my like kick of shows that give me absolute childhood whimsy and i watched the owl house and as soon as i finished the owl house which mm-hmm. by the way on disney plus if you haven't seen the owl house watch it before they remove it just so queer affirming and so beautiful and like all the right types of magical witchiness um, but I was like, I am craving something else. What should I do? And someone suggested, I believe it was called Over the Wall. Um, mm-hmm. Have you have you seen that one at all yet? I have. Yeah, Over the Garden Wall? Yes, Over the Garden Wall. Yes, yes. Like, I was watching it and I was Beautiful, like, whimsical. <laughs> so I was, uh, I, I may have nothing to do with what we're going to discuss today, but gnomes were involved. And it made me so excited yeah. when, when Austin mentioned gnomes, because mm-hmm. there was something about Over the Garden Wall that gave me like something new and something so old. And, and mm-hmm. there is such, like I said, a history of lore with gnomes and, and a lot of people really don't know it. We just know the common prevalent cartoon that we had growing up in childhood. And that's about it. Exactly. And David, the I love David the gnome. I love all of the depictions of gnomes. I, I don't discriminate. Um, but, you know, they have kind of taken the place of fairy tales, right? But if we yeah. go back just a little bit, it's more of folk history, right? Um, yeah. When everyone's uncle or grandfather or grandmother, you know, tended to one of these spirits or they had um, an experience with one of these spirits. And then you go back even further and you find this complex just web of household spirits and spirits of place 
um, and how to appease them, how to get them, um, how to, you know, keep them happy so that they don't burn down your crops and all of that. So yeah. uh, it's, 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 I'll probably spend a lifetime researching it and only just like scratch the surface. Wow. I'm, I'm excited to talk about, we are talking about gnomes as well as like household spirits. Um, mm -hmm. And I right. know that there's a lot of uh, cultural implications here. So um, we're going to be looking at um, a couple of very specific and particular backgrounds for everybody um, who is listening. If we don't mention yours or this doesn't, uh, or this rubs up against yours or contrasts what you're doing, it's not a problem. We're just looking at it from a very uh, particular couple of lenses today because Nay is yep. very well researched in this subject and um, I think it, we could spend hours and hours here if we wanted to on just one or the other, not even uh, do, kind of cramming both of them into one little episode. But Nay, before we get started, I wanted to know um, how, what's your background in uh, folklore and magic and uh, uh, the uh, quote unquote occult? I don't even know if you use those terms, but like, how, oh, how no, do you? Oh, no, I do. Yeah. <laughs> where'd you, where'd yeah, you come from? Oh gosh. Um, so I didn't really have a choice but to be in the cult circles. Um, so, and this isn't something that I've been too public about, but um, I grew up in a very special place in Southern California, about an hour outside of Los Angeles. That's one of these spiritual vortexes, right? Um, it, I mean, even going back to uh, the days of the Chumash, which is the indigenous tribe that lived around there, you know, they were painting caves and, um, you know, seeking out the hot springs uh, for, you know, important spiritual cleansings. Um, then, of course, the colonization missions were put up. And then later on, you know, the, the New Age folks kind of took over. So, um, like I said, if I, if, if I wasn't talking to you about this, I would be talking to you about something else, whether that's angel healing, um, Reiki, or you name it. Um, I also... Uh, spent a lot of time around Theosophus. Um, that's another thing that's uh, that the place is really famous for. Um, when the Theosophists of Los Angeles decided to move their headquarters, they moved it to, I'll just go ahead and say it, the Ojai Valley, which is where I'm from. So uh, in lieu of childcare, sometimes my mom would just drop me off at the library because it was very close to her work. And it was the perfect place for a little kid who's obsessed with mythology and folklore uh, to just hang out and read. And, you know, I was the weird little kid walking around with the Egyptian Book of the Dead with like the actual hieroglyphs. And then, you know, on top of this, um, I had a pretty cool experience growing up. My family on my mother's side is uh, from the Netherlands and Northern Germany. Uh, we're Frisian. So uh, we're separate um, ethnic group, have our own language. And um, basically my family came over a lot later than most Frisian families, um, more around World War One and World War II. So there was a lot of the old country still alive within my family. And that's actually how I got so gnome-pilled is because my great-grandmother would literally take me by the hand every time I visited, and we had to go pay respect to the little man who lived in her garden. And it was so interesting because she never called him a gnome. She never called him a kabouter. She never called him a nermanchi, which is the Parisian term for a lot of like gnome spirits. Um, he was the little man and I had to be on my best behavior to not upset the little man. And she was 
a very, very devout Christian woman. Um, the only negative thing that she ever had to say about my great grandfather was that uh, she met him too soon and she wasn't able to go be a missionary and be, bring people into the bosom of the Lord. So to have someone like that with a very old world belief and also engaging in that old world belief was a beautiful lesson in syncretism, but also animism and this kind of this thread that that binds us all together. Why is it that, you know, the genus loci manifests as a little man um, with magical powers? Why is it that, um, you know, we seek out a household spirit to bring us luck and also uh, to keep us safe? So that's kind of me in a nutshell. I absolutely love that. There's such an interesting um, thing that we see. I, I think, you know, the idea of like household spirits in general, but I, I've seen different places where, of course, when we think of gnomes now, we think of garden gnomes. Um, but I mm -hmm. like, uh, as this kind of like development of, of course, you know, a cute uh, porcelain or stoneware figurine that can like be placed in a garden because it's an adornment, but also this idea that uh, there, there's a little bit something kind of deeper behind that as somebody or something that keeps um, a garden growing or is uh, a protector of the home or has something very much to do with the income of the home. And if you uh, are not respectful and, and screw up with that, it can be somewhat detrimental for your family. I could absolutely be making this up, but I keep like going back to this thought of um, people putting shrines to household spirits in like in walls um, and people mm -hmm. patching them up and then finding them much later with new owners and things like that specifically dedicated either to maybe not gnomes, but maybe like a kabouter or something like that. But I keep thinking of this like, uh, oh, we found this weird shrine to a household spirit in 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 my walls. Um, I don't know where I'm pulling that information from, but oh no no no, that that's definitely something that that we see um, across a lot of different cultures. Um, you know, back in the day, and this is this is actually some of my favorite like Scandinavian folklore. Um, the Tomti, everybody everybody knows the Tomti, of course, they're, they're adorable, and they're such rich folklore. Um, for centuries, um, there was a tradition basically that you made a tomti, it's called tomti basar, which is like a little figurine of your tomti. And you would actually literally feed your tomti his, like his, you know, mule porridge. Um, and that, that's where you would go to talk to him. And that's actually something that St. Saint, uh, Saint Brigida got really, really mad at. He's like, no, st stop doing this. And that's also one of the things that I love so much. And it's the evidence that these spirits were so important is some of the richest accounts that we have is from the church. And, you know, whether they're dispelling these household spirits or just saying, no, 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 or well, not just household spirits, but of course, the spirits of the genus loci. Um, and they're saying, no, 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 don't engage. They're, they're all devils. They're all taking you away from the Lord. Stop doing it. The best part. What a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. You know, I, it's so funny you mentioned Temptees because I myself specifically was thinking, speaking of the cartoon that gives me childhood whimsy, um, I was first exposed to them. I was first exposed to them in uh, Hilda. Have you watched that one too? I love Hilda. No. It's so cute. It's got the same voice of, um, oh, what was her name? Uh, uh, she's in The Last of Us as the this young the um, young teenager she was like the youngest queen or leader from uh game of thrones but she, it's basically all done in in scandinavia they don't i don't think they actually say where it is but it has 
all of the Scandinavian folklore. Oh, beautiful. I'll have to I, search it out. I think I know what you're talking about. Bella Ramsey, is that her name? I think so, yes. Anyways, Maybe. Tom T was really cool. It was really fascinating. Yeah. I was wondering if you could um, tell us about like what is a gnome, whether is that like a specific taxonomy is it a fairy application is it kind of this other category that gets somewhere in between um nature spirit is always touchy for some people fairy is always touchy for some people mm -hmm. um can you tell us more about like what a gnome is yeah absolutely so i mean it, and it is a touchy subject because these spirits are very important to the cultural to excuse me to the cultures that they inhabit right um, so that really kind of you know, can ruffle some feathers. Um, personally, I always go back to what Paracelsus wrote about the Nomi, uh, which is that, you know, earth is their element, earth is their chaos, which is so badass. Um, and that they are, you know, these smaller, these spirits that are smaller in stature, but are very, very endeared to men or mankind, I should say. Um, that's not something that you see so much with the other spirits, like, well, in Paracelsus's case, the sylphs, um, the undines, so on and so forth. Um, and that's why I personally don't always like the associations with, with the good folk, because with the good folk, you get these kind of morally ambiguous figures um, that are sometimes very capricious. And uh, while you don't want to upset these spirits, it's not quite like a fairy curse, right? There's, there's ways to appease gnome spirits um generally they're they're not going to uh to mess you up too bad i mean there are stories of them taking their revenge by um killing people in very very colorful ways but um that usually is a, a, a very very grave offense and half the time when i'm reading the stories i'm like yeah that makes sense yeah. <laughs> like that one was kind of warranted <laughs> yeah exactly yeah like landlords really don't like landlords so you know keep that in mind if you've got a problem with your landlord just they your said, spirit on him. they said comrade gnome exactly what about i'm curious what about the imagery i feel like there is a very very well-known modern concept and imagery of like this little dude with a beard and a red pointy hat do you know this is wasn't in the brief i'm just curious it's coming up in my mind and i'm wondering do you know where this comes from or maybe what inspired it um, honestly, I, I don't. There are a lot of theories. There's like the main theory is that they're actually, um, you know, just lyagaric mushrooms. And, you know, just back in the day, there were a whole bunch of, um, you know, shamanic practitioners who ingested these mushrooms. The mushrooms started running around and, you know, taught us things, which I could see that. But I also kind of take, take on bridge with the idea that gnomes are just, you know, hallucinogenic mushrooms I mean, mm -hmm. there's there's more to it and also you know it's not always a red pointy cap um the, one of my favorite spirits uh is uh the clabouter man who is the spirit of basically ships at sea Ooh. and yeah yeah so um back in the day um if you wanted to have a safe voyage you had to appease the clabouter man and he wears like those who've seen him, he wears a little sailor outfit, a little sailor cap. <laughs> so they can kind of take on the appearance of, and not just the appearance, but also the, the kind of uh, nature of whatever 
structure they're inhabiting or the forest that they're inhabiting or the beach that they inhabit. Um, there's, there's, there are gnomes that live on the beach. There are gnomes that live in the snow specifically, um, high in the Alps. Um, there are gnomes of swamps. You name it, you, you can always find, you can always find a gnome somewhere. Wow, I'm looking at and I'm looking at pictures of Club Outerman, and I was like, "Well, oh, I have to see what this guy yes. looks like." He has like a little picture of me, yes. looks super cute, little little old sailor yeah. dude, like a little pirate. Um, yeah, but sometimes seeing him is not a good thing. Um, oh, should I put the image generally, away? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. In, in this case, it's fine. Um, I, hopefully, none of us are. If you're listening to this, you're not at sea right now because right. if you see the Club Outerman, if he yeah. if he pops up, that's usually an omen that the ship's going down. So. Be safe. Be safe out there. Everybody. See the kabouter man go by and ye shall be the next to die. Basically. That yeah. was haunting. Thank you. Yep. So in terms of the, we, as you're talking about it, there is kind of this, um, uh, again, I'm really hesitant to say like, uh, 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 yeah, no, I just won't even say, I don't like the word nat- nature spirit. It, it's it's mm. very ambiguous and has some. Right interesting connotations that I don't always like, but this, mm-hmm. um, an idea is it being a genus loci or like a spirit of mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. does kind of mm-hmm. seem more on, uh, on brand on the nose of, of what, um, these kind of spirits are. And I was wondering how, how do you feel about that? Oh goodness. Well, and see, that's where it, there's kind of this taxonomy of gnome spirits, right? Because you have the gnome spirit where, like, you know, going back to Paracelsus, um, Earth is their chaos. So, of course, they're going to be inhabit those mountains. They're going to inhabit that forest. Um, and sometimes there's overlap with other elements. Um, obviously, spirits that live close to the ocean are probably going to have some water magic, right? Um, spirits that live in the mountains might have some fire magic just because, you know, that's where you you know get metals and all of that good mm-hmm. stuff um but then you have the tradition of household spirits and that's where we kind of deviate because sure they're still very tied to the earth they're tied to the harvest they're tied to your material well-being but at the same time it's it's the house right it's protecting you from the forces of nature mm-hmm. so that's where it there's a little bit of nuance to to this this rich tapestry of gnome lore. I hope I just didn't, didn't complicate it even more. No, no actually, I, I think it was a wonderful one because it's a great transition. The next question literally is, can you tell us more about what a household spirit is? And I was thinking what you were describing just now, because like I think of myself and, and my condo as having a household spirit. The building has a whole spirit, but this specific condo, like my department, if you will, <laughs> has like... I can tell when it's angry that I haven't cleaned up. I can tell what scents it likes when I burn them in here. Like there will be sometimes candles where, hey, this burnt so well in my last apartment, but I'll wake up the next day and be like, what is that smell? Like it's almost like it turned acrid on me. It's like it's telling me, not here, bitch. Mm-mm, I don't like this one. <laughs> and Or it doesn't like what it's made out of. Yes. Um, yes. Some, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Some, some spirits take take great umbrage with um you know certain kinds of waxes mm-hmm. um you know generally they prefer beeswax you know you don't have to get super super crunchy granola mom but um mm-hmm. and, and it's better to light a candle to them than not but we also have to think of how that candle was made right so if it's like a petroleum-based product that 
you know, you have to hew out of the earth and it's, it's actually kind of detrimental to nature itself. Um, they might not be as excited about that as maybe a beeswax candle or a tallow candle or what have you. That was actually one of the first conversations that you and I ever had talked about mm -hmm. was actually the, because um, one of my my big things is the emphasis, the de-emphasis on like what is a petroleum-based product and how is this applicable and where and when is it applicable mm -hmm. in magic, especially in, in situations where like so much of what we think of um, as like a natural material is is usually yes a material that is found in nature but it is still synthesized in a lab um, and yeah. a lot of the things that we think of when we are talking about soaps candles household products are actually made from petroleum um, or is a, a byproduct of, of uh, petroleum waste and petroleum jelly being one I actually just saw a little 15 second doc today that um uh, indigenous people have known about petroleum jelly for a very long time and that it is actually just a byproduct of when you are hewing petroleum out of the earth um, and it gets it gets up on the the little petroleum mills that go up and down the pumps and yet at the same time I fully agree with you there are moments where it's like oh no I, I love this deliciously gorgeous synthetic rose uh, it's absolutely wonderful and then there are other times where it's like um, I myself am very sensitive to petroleum-based candles. When they burn, they give me a headache. Um, mm -hmm. They make my sinuses swell up. And it wasn't even something that I really noticed until the past like five years or so. And so there are, um, you know, when we if we think of spirits as personhood, maybe not quite as human people, but still as personhood, there are things, of course, that they like and they don't like. And also what you're saying about if we think of um, gnome as a, I guess, uh, a phenomenal being of the earth um, that lives within the earth to to mine that or to dredge that up, um, uh, fracking, I'm sure they, is not something that gnomes particularly love. Um, then how, and when we take that and we give that to them, it's kind of like, hmm, this reminds me the, that uh, you you humans really like to destroy uh, the thing that I live in. Um, so fuck you for that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, in fact, that's, this is actually one of my favorite uh, Kabouter stories uh, from the Netherlands. So there was a farmer one day and he was given a plot of land. He was not a, actually a farmer. Um, I, he probably came from a family that had some other trade, but he has this plot of land. He's trying to till the soil. And that's basically how he got his his farm kabouter is one day a little man showed up and he said, hey, you're doing this wrong. I can't sleep. You don't know how to till the soil, so I'm going to teach you. <laughs> so I, I always think about that. Um, you know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, their, their benevolence towards man, maybe that's not completely just out of, you know, it's not necessarily their nature and that there is this um, sort of self-preservation and this this need to, okay, let's help the, the dumb human because um, it's upsetting my little subterranean house. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really like that, that idea of like, yeah. no, I'm going to teach you how to farm because like you kind of actually suck at it and it's keeping me awake. Pretty at much. Night. And, exactly. and how else, I mean, uh, half the time I teach anybody to do something is because it pees me off. So absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And you're 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 tilling too too far down and mm -hmm. like my ceiling is gonna cave in. <laughs>
it's interesting. Sorry, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like in in my home with my condo and everything, there are a lot of times where if the laundry is all askew, if things are super mm-hmm. dusty, if things are just not not. It doesn't have to be perfect, obviously, but if I have it straightened or organized in a way, like the energy of the home will absolutely start becoming stifling. I won't want to actually be here. I'd want to actually be out. Um, Not that I ever let it get that way, but when it just so happens to, like there are times when I feel like I literally have to, I have to cancel my plans because I have to start straightening things up. And then by the end of it, there is quite a feeling of, free flowing throughout a lot mm-hmm. more clear spaces um i feel like like my home is literally thanking me or the spirit of my mm-hmm. house is literally thanking me uh and it's kind of letting me know like hey um this was not cool don't let it get this way again because we will evict you if you don't let us have our space i, I don't know there there was just like that feeling like there was no way i could have worked ritual or magic Mm -hmm. with that type of energy going on and so i guess that that brings us to our next question can you tell us more about what a household spirit is yeah so i mean you know in a nutshell they're they are the spirit of the home um Mm -hmm. in fact a lot of the names etymologically excuse me um reflect this you know like a kobold it's like a household ruler um and it really, you know, what they are is really going to depend on the culture that you are talking about. Um, some people believe that they are actually fallen angels who are trying to get right with God by serving mankind. Um, one of my favorite origin stories is, comes to us from, from the Doma Boy. Uh, basically, um, the heavens erupted and all of these spirits fell down. Um, the spirits that, you know, fell into the water became spirits of water, the spirits of the... Um, you know, the woods became the spirits of the woods. And the ones that fell into the house, usually through the chimney, became the spirits of, of home. And the farther you get away from the home, the more likely you are to find um, spirits that, that that don't like humans, that are going to be more capricious, very much like, you know, the good folk. Um, we also have basically spirits of kind of dead ancestors, yeah. um, whether that is the first person who tilled the soil um, you know, he, he's now your gnome, um, or he's kind of an amalgamation of a lot of different ancestors. And because of that, he's very, very tied to your family. Even if you move, he's he's basically coming with you. Then you also have the spirits of the genus Loki that were always there, have always been there. Just because you put a house on top of it doesn't mean that it's not his place. And then you have kind of spirits that are tied to the house itself the spirits of the hearth, the spirits of the wood. There's generally what I've seen is there's like the spirits of the hearth, which again, that's going to be like more of your kobolds and your domovoy. And then you have the spirits that are very tied to the beams of the house and like to hang out up high. Um, that's more of like the Tomdi and the Nispuk and more Northern spirits. I always am curious, and I was wondering if you could elaborate more. Sorry, it's not on the brief. Um, my gnome lore uh, is is not as enriched as yours, so the, the brief is sparse. Um, but that being said, I was wondering if you could tell, like, why do you think that certain spirits have, funny enough, like this more almost aerial quality to like the the mm-hmm. earth in the air where it's like oh it's the beams of the wood or the you know whatever your beams are made out of that mm-hmm. are sitting on top 
uh, of everything. So uh, why do you think it is that these spirits kind of gravitate more towards like ceilings or attics or um, this weird, uh, I always think about this like suspension of like, I like to hang, hang, like be somewhere in between the, uh, the floor and the, the air, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and sorry, like, I'm, I'm sure that that answer definitely wasn't entirely encapsulating the idea of like, what is a household spirit? I just no, always kind of perfect. go back to like, where, where they come from, because it's, like I said, it's, it's going to change a lot by cultures. Um, I, and I, I, I thought about this a lot as well. I think it has to do with the weather, right? Um, you know, the, the spirits that are more associated with um, the hearth, you know, that's where, that's where the, the house is, is built around um you can have a fire even outside and you can still be generally okay whereas the spirits of kind of the far north you can't have a fire or anything until you have a structure and you know like a place to actually keep you warm um because it's gonna burn out or it's just, it's just too cold so i i think that might be it but i, I could be wrong there's also um there's also the idea that the spirits are tied to certain materia. And we see this also in the Clabatterman, um, the Clabatterman being the, the spirit of, of ships. Um, there is a belief that these spirits are the spirits of the trees that were cut down. So that could also be um, an indicator as well. Yeah, I like that idea. Of course, definitely seem, seeming like it has something to do with um, the material that something is made out of. Mm -hmm. Um, it also makes me think of like spirits that live in stoves um, or even like small shrines that I've seen and also have heard people instruct and have given instructions to others of like from, you know, whatever divinatory sessions we're in where it's like, no, there's a spirit that wishes to be venerated that lives either in your oven mm -hmm. or in your kitchen. And like, mm -hmm. you should place a small something on the top of the stove. It's interesting because we have modern stoves um, mm -hmm. and that how that how does that develop? A lot of the times we can't put things actually in our, our ovens, um, whereas like old stoves, there's like the little warmer underneath. Well, I guess we still have warmers, um, but- We keep uh, our pots and pans there now. But that's where I keep my pots and pans. <laughs> so, um, but all, funny, it's like, we do we put, then do we put it on the top of the stove or where do we put it? So, um, but that being said, it makes me think of like the metals that um, stoves are made out of, especially mm -hmm. iron as, as older mm -hmm. stoves usually are made out of um, iron or a very particular type of steel um, that can withstand, you know, um, those kind of uh, constant heat as most people would use the, the stove as something to heat your home as well. So yeah, that's really yeah, interesting. And, and, and it also kind of gets into the way that these spirits aren't just spirits of nature, right? If we're thinking about the spirits of the hearth and mm -hmm. the stove, um, sometimes they have some associations with fire, like um, the kobolds. Um, generally, they aren't just wearing like little red caps. They're also wearing like little red jackets. And um, they have a lot of associations with fire. Sometimes um, certain kobold, and this is the true of Denise Puck as well, um, they can actually turn into little dragons. I love angry that. Or yeah. just, just because they want to. Yeah. Uh -huh. or why, why not? Yeah. yeah, why not? <laughs> it's funny. I always thought it, it, you're talking about ovens, and I, I keep a lot of my spices above my oven. And I always <laughs> thought of my kitchen spirit as being the spice master. Like they're in charge of all the spices. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's, um, 
one of their greatest duties is to make sure that when I'm spicing my food, when I'm adding certain different types of, of uh, herbs or, or salts or powders, it's helping me um, let me know which ones are supposed to go in there and which ones are not. And sometimes it tra- plays tricks on me and thinks it'll be funny to add something or a little too much of something. And then it's like, haha, what are you going to do to balance it out now? <laughs> and it's, it's so for me, it is something that also is a, a, a lesson learner. Um, I know it just sounds like I'm talking about being a bad cook, but there's more to <laughs> that. There's no, more. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's something that you gotta, you gotta worry about It's sometimes yeah. they, they do like to play tricks just because, um, you know, they want to live in right relation with you doesn't mean that they aren't spirits that have, um, you know, a mind of their own. And sometimes, you know, well, they're playful. A, a little bit of a prank. Yeah. Prank. Spirits yeah, a in general, prank. I think, especially if the home yeah. itself can be a little playful because they're, they're mm-hmm. interacting with you, the person who lives there. Exactly. So the next time your keys go missing, just start banging on the walls and say, "Hey, bring it back." I hey. do have to. I do have to do that. Actually, uh, things do go missing from this house. Funny That's enough, all the time. And then, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I'll look, and I swear I've looked there a million times, and it's just like been cloaked in in vanishment. And then I'm like, "No, I've seriously looked here." My, uh, I've even had like uh, family members stay with me, and they've helped me look for things, and we've yeah. both looked in the same spot. And then it will like appear there again and it's like i swear i've looked there too and you know they don't even have they don't practice magic or if i told them like oh it's a a, a, you know a spirit playing a trick on me they would be like okay whatever you know but like i've i've had people where i've said something like oh no that's definitely a spirit trick and they're like yeah no i actually kind of believe you because i also looked there a million and one times and that was not there before I do think there is something, of course, like what you were saying about a- ancestors as well. I know here in in Florida, um, we have um, for certain indigenous tribes, like the placing, burying on top of old homes uh, over thousands of years. Um, I'm lucky enough to have uh, to know somebody who works at um, a indigenous site and and the complications of like the fact that it's a house that is built on top of an indigenous burial mound and it is a sacred site and there's like it's cool that you can go underneath the house and like see um the actual like layers of rocks over thousands of years so like you can see the lines and and the 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 earth and how these things have um been compiled over a long period of time unfortunately it is there but it's also cool that we can see it but it's kind of a a shitty reason that that's there but they you know they have to leave it there now um amityville um that (laughs) being well the um the uh a lot of the times people will, and this isn't just a, a Floridian thing um, or an indigenous uh, tribe specific to Florida. We see this in, in other cultures as well as burying the dead beneath the house and those also being um, protectors of the home. And I always find that really interesting Um when it's like what happens if you have to leave a place, but then that also goes into genocide and cultural things and that's a big part of it and anyways the the complications of of uh colonialism and and what it's done um but yeah yes (laughs) yeah it's i was thinking a lot too about what you said about the person who first told the soil being like the tom Mm -hmm. being being your house spirit or or whatnot Mm -hmm. um 
I know we've talked about this in the past when it comes to animism and how I see the spirit of place. I I live in a neighborhood in my city. Like it has a long, multi-decades history of being a very queer-centered place. Um, you know, it used to be kind of a kind of a slum. Like it was just a very like, hey, well, let's congregate here because we can create a little pocket of ourselves here in this space. And a lot of people have come and gone through this space, and a lot of people fortunately didn't survive the the AIDS epidemic of the 80s and 90s who lived in in my very building. Um, I have a very close neighbor who used to live downstairs. And I remember we were hanging out one day and he was saying it was so nice to see young people moving in here because he's the only one of his friends left who used to live here. They, he, they, he was the only one that survived the AIDS epidemic and he almost died in the hospital yeah. with one of them, but he survived. Yeah. And mm-hmm. And this place that I live in, I think, carries a huge amount of that queer Mm -hmm. thirst for life energy um, that didn't get to experience it. And Mm -hmm. um, I think that that goes into a huge portion of what makes the genius loci of my my neighborhood, my space, my crossroads. There used to be a bookstore at the corner of where I live called Crossroads Market. And it was the only queer bookstore in the entire state of Texas. So it was like, it was a huge deal and it carried quite the presence. And I think about that a lot when it comes to my house spirits, when it comes to how I appease them, when I think about what my genius loci looks like, what I envision when it when it when when I'm conversing with it in, in ritual or rites. Um, I think there's a lot to that and a lot of personalization, not me personally, but the area personally. And I think this actually goes really wonderful into the next topic, which talks about cultures. Um, specifically, can you talk about how the house spirit may show up in different cultures, um, such as the uh, Agathos Damon uh, or the Brownie? Or you, were, you mentioned the kobold several times. I had never heard of this until this conversation. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more? Uh, yes, absolutely. Where, where, where do we begin? Truly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, it's it, you know it's also one of the reasons why i kind of introduced the idea of how cultures perceive these spirits where do they come from are mm-hmm. they fallen angels are they your ancestor are they just the spirit of a tree that just now lives in your house like it was a beautiful sylvan elf and now it's just a, you know, a little man who transforms um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's going to depend um there are quite a few traditions that believe especially the ones that are kind of tied to the ancestor um in those situations you know that's not just a household spirit that um helps you around the farm or um you know in the kitchen um that spirit is inherently tied to the health and the luck of the family so you Ah. have to appease it you have to um you know make make it happy um you have to uphold those packs you've gotta gotta bring the porridge out on christmas eve right um and then there are the the traditions where it's just kind of you know a fact of life um it's just there there's there's a spirit that lives in the stove um you know it was there when i bought the house it'll be there when i leave the house um it's it's just all going going to depend on on culture in particular. Um, the Agathos Damon um, is an interesting one. Um, it's, it appears as a snake, which is I, I believe uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as as familiar with Agathos Damon, but um, no, that like, would uh, that was yeah. No, no, you're totally fine. That was yeah, me like yeah. projecting. Yeah. I was like, I know about that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. And, yeah, it's... But, but 
it's it's interesting how often snakes are tied to houses like um some of and the health, health and well-being of the family like um some of the, like the lares and the penates of uh ancient rome like they could be little cute little men who had like but like six-pack abs because <laughs> you know everyone's everyone's uh uh, ancestor was right exactly exactly um but they could sometimes transform into snakes uh the tonti can actually transform into a snake so there was like a major major taboo um against killing snakes on your property um let's see and then thinking about the brownie for example um yeah, the brownie is kind of an interesting one because they often, and I, and I think it's just because, you know, they come from the British Isles, um, they get lumped into the definition, or sometimes they're described as fairies. Uh-huh. Again, I don't, I don't really like that. Um, but My only exposure to brownies yeah. is Willow. So, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the little dudes uh, who are basically like helpers slash also really tricksters. I have to know more about them. Tell me about brownies. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just had yes. to throw that out there. <laughs> No, 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 and I, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I have, have have an audience. It's usually just me going on about you know these spirits, and people are like, "What?" <laughs> like I I know David the gnome. I don't really know anything else, but that's <laughs> kind of interesting. Um, so, so the brownies, um, and they're interesting because they can be household spirits. Um, they can also, but then they can also be you know spirits of place, and you find um. You know, you find your solitary brownies, which live in the house, and then you find more of like your trooping brownies, which is like a collective of brownies, um, which does kind of mirror the good folk uh, uh, folklore. But it's it's an interesting one, and of course they have their own um, things that they like, things that make them happy. And Marshall, uh, I just loved what you were saying um, about uh the way that you feel about having a clean household that's one thing that kind of makes a brownie nervous and this is one of the ways that they've kind of taken on some of the characteristics of a place um brownies get nervous if your house is too clean why because if we go back to the witch trials um having a really super clean pristine house was an indicator that you are being visited by a spirit and you know you're you're consorting with the devil, so you know Obviously. if you have if you have a brownie, it's it's okay to leave. You know you might want to leave your jacket like over a chair or. Whatever. That's why I do it. Yes. <laughs> That's why I don't put all my laundry away right away. It's for them. Yep, absolutely. Yes, exactly. exactly. I wouldn't want to make you, them uncomfortable. Brownie. Yeah. No. Several. No. I. Yeah was recently watching this um because i'm obsessed with salt burn everyone knows so i'm like deep diving all right so right thank thank you um (laughs) the it is it is a a witchcraft vampire movie um Mm -hmm. the uh director uh, emerald funnel talking about um for the set of course it's this like immaculate gorgeous gothic manner she was like but it was very important when filming to have all this like what she calls the clutter of life and i love this idea despite the fact that when we have company coming over and things like that we try to make our homes look very um very nice as possible or we try to live very cleanly i um i i have uh some little side jobs sometimes where I will actually find myself in people's homes and one thing that always makes me very nervous about other people's homes um is when it is too clean 
because I'm like, oh, you're one of those people that like, you don't enjoy things. I'm like, everything has to be like very, um, uh, almost like sterile for you to like Like function. a show home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When, when things look a little too pristine and that is very like an indicator to me, I'm like, oh, you're not living, you're not living Yeah. life. Nobody I lives see. here. Nobody lives here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's something that's really Yeah. interesting. That's yeah. So, so sorry. This is another another piece of lore that, that I'm obsessed with, um, Please. and, and we'll all feel good about. So we'll Yes. all feel good about. Um, the, the, you know, the crumbs and the, the things that you're cooking on the stove that fall between the stove and like, you can't get it. It's okay. Your household spirit loves that. It's like a little treat for them. So, you know, don't, don't retrieve that stuff too, too, too quickly. I love that. I love Yeah. my couch cushions between I, them. <laughs> I, I do only clean that out. Um, shamefully uh, probably not as much as I should it's definitely not an every week thing um I have never moved my stove. My oven, <laughs> it's never moved. Is that something I'm so yeah people are doing? Are people doing this? <laughs> okay well you should clean behind it because that's where a lot of food gets gets in there well I do at least not my house. not your right it, well it's <laughs> very clean and I have the also spice master going on back there. and all your spirits um lap <laughs> up those crumbs Ooh, for you lapping away. Yeah. Uh, no, I absolutely love that. I also uh, remember, it's interesting, um, this is why, like, Fairy as a actual, and despite, like, I loved Spiderwick Chronicles growing up, absolutely, but the, the thing about, like, field guides or, like, kind of forming fairies uh, or even spirits in general a little too concretely, I think, is kind of where we get into a little bit of trouble, um, because there will be... Um, obviously complications with that depending on culture and place and also personal experience with the people who in actually interact with these things um, on a semi or very regular basis. And I think, uh, but it's funny, I think that the brownie is one of those things where it kind of gets used as a catch-all for many different spirits in the British Isles where it's like, oh, that's just a brownie kind of instead of maybe as kind of like a placeholder for saying fairy um, and where it, it gets attached to anything that is not uh, human, uh, that is definitely a spirit. That's also not a ghost. Um, Like, I can't find my other right. sock. Oh, a brownie took it. Uh, right. Yeah. I wonder if you could tell us if one wishes to interact or... Um, I know there's, it's complicated because there are taboos depending on culture. So maybe a better question is like, how would you go about um, directing somebody to investigate what, what um, pathway to look into household spirits? Like, is this going to be depict, uh, dependent on um, ancestral lineage like oh i'm irish so i should look to these particular bodies of lore um or or how would you recommend people kind of go about formulating their own worldviews on household spirits and then from there how to interact with them Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, it's going to, well, first of all, think about the place where you live. Does that place have a household spirit already? You know, you don't always want to invite another household spirit in. Um, some household spirits don't take kindly to that, um, especially the Domo Boy. Like, um, that's one of my favorite, uh, you know, Slavic, like, folktales is when, like, two Domo Boy, like, go at it. But um, first, ask yourself, 
do I have a household spirit? Because sometimes you live in a place that just feels sterile, right? Or maybe it's an old house and it's kind of, it just, it, it feels old. It doesn't, like it kind of feels dead almost. So if you don't have a spirit like that, or if you haven't determined that you have a spirit, um, first you got to get one. And that's some of my favorite folklore too, um, is how to get these spirits. Um, sometimes you have to go hire one from the crossroads, like you would with the Tomfi. Um, sometimes it's just as easy as opening up your front door and inviting that spirit in, um, you know, make sure your house looks nice. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of really cool, uh, folklore from the Frisian islands where, where my family's from, um, where people with, with the gnome site could see the Nispok actually come in and it's basically like a little parade. And then the one that likes the house. Uh, jumps into into the beam of the house and then that's that's how they they get there um sometimes you need to plant a particular kind of tree um the domovoy for example they love juniper so all you have to do is plant juniper and say hey i have this this tree for you come come bless my household so um you know you can have a household spirit that's not tied to your ancestral lineage um sometimes it's helpful and i found that a lot of people you know once they start engaging with Toldom, once they start engaging with um the traditions of the british isles suddenly one will show up that could very well be tied to their ancestry um it's just a matter of like okay i needed to find a person from this family that's going to engage with me in the way that that, that i want to um or the way that benefits both of us so yeah take it Determine if you you have one, take it from there. If not, uh, you know, t take your pick. It doesn't necessarily, you know, th these these spirits will pretty much work with anyone who's going to give them a hot bowl of porridge and uh, a nice home. I really, yeah, I, I think that with, um, it's really interesting because you're talking about that. And I'm like, with America specifically, America, and this is why, like, I love and, and, and talk specifically, I think, about American folk magic specifically or what I, what I try to do, which is even kind of like a fallacy because there is no homogenous American folk magic. But I think it's very interesting as a place of, again, complication because of colonialism, because of emigration and immigration, right. because of the awful things that America has done and continues to do. And yet also at the same time, being a place of um intermingling of cultures of um holding on to things for some people mm -hmm. um and also cultural sharing and so i think what is very interesting to me is where these things overlap and also when you're <laughs> a practitioner who potentially is within uh, multiple traditions how do all these things overlap especially when uh certain um packs or things like that you've made um suddenly like it doesn't matter, uh, like, uh, doing certain things means that you do have a household spirit now that you have to take care of that might also interact with your already there household spirit. And how how do all these things kind of counterbalance each other and, you know, hang out and, and not want to tear each other apart? And that's always very interesting to me. So I, I thank you for that. Yeah, and also, you know, and this kind of coincides with, you know, the other part of the question of, you know, how how do you make them, how do you interact with them? And it's really a matter of, I think, packs, because in, in this is getting into like the ancestry of 
not just you, but maybe ancestors of place, um, you know, when these spirits come and you are someone who understands the importance of pacts, you know, this is a pact that, you know, maybe your ancestor made. Uh, maybe this is a pact that um, someone who lived in your in your home previously made. And now there's the expectation that you as a magic practitioner are going to fulfill it. So uh, that's, that's one of the ways to, to really keep them happy. Um, and then, of course, there's there's a lot of other different ways to keep them happy. Um, you can also, you know, in, and this is also a thing, like you can you can inherit a, a little figurine and immediately, you know, you, you've got you've got to know. Um, you can also they, they also get excited by um, people celebrating certain feast days. Um, the kobolds are very, very connected to St. John's Eve. In fact, um, the most popular way that that um, you get one with throughout folklore is doing a particular ritual on St. John's Eve. Um, the Domovoi really, really get excited about Orthodox feast days. Uh, so, yeah. And also, like, if you're just someone who maintains right relations with the world around you, that's primarily the best way to not only get a spirit like this, but also keep them happy. And that's one thing that I really want to stress about interacting with gnomes and gnome magic, if, if, <laughs> if that really is a thing. Um, I think we get a little bit carried away sometimes in the magical community with these great workings. And I, I do think that that's transformational and it's very important. And those kinds of things can be very, very, very healing. But we also have to consider how are we making ourselves better? How are we making our lives better? Um, magic, you know, should be a way to improve your life. And that's the importance of, of gnomes is teaching you those everyday things that make your life better, not just for yourself, but for your neighbors, for your community, caring for your community, um, you know, things like that. The gnome kind of sits as like this, um, this spirit of something that is very within a place. Um, mm -hmm. So I think this idea that how do we, um, like, what do you do within your community? Can you name five of your neighbors? That doesn't mean you have to be friends mm -hmm. with them. That just no. means like, can you name five of them? Do you have the kind of like system set up to help each other if you need help mm -hmm. um can yep. you rely on each other again this doesn't mean that you have to be in each other's business and be besties and braid each other's hair but it's like I, I i know the people that i live around and we're not best friends and that's okay mm -hmm. um but like i also needed a crock pot yesterday for my epiphany stuff because i was going to be gone mm -hmm. all day but i was having people come over immediately after and i asked my neighbors hey do you have a crock pot i don't have one um can i borrow it and like lo and behold and yet i also take care of their dog or you know xyz so i think yes the the very intense magical all of that but also like as you were saying, magic is something that is supposed to actually be a interaction with life, not an escapism mm -hmm. of it. Right. And yes, these incredible, powerful experiences where we may see something or we may have um, uh, miracles happen, whether big or small, but also how do we interact with things to make our lives better? Um, I know that for some um 
spirit relationships that some people have, like being very honest is very important. Living, um, living very honestly and very truthfully and with uh, good character is very important to set you correct with the spirit. So it's not just about physical offerings. It's not just about um, being the biggest, baddest witch in town. It's also like, how, how do you actually like do good things within your community? And I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So simple everyday things that you do to, to just, you know, get along with life. Um, how are you um, surviving in this material reality you know there's there's our higher spiritual selves and then there's the part of ourselves that actually needs to eat and you know wear clothes that keep us warm um that's that's really the stuff that that the gnomes are, are very uh concerned with very um, earthly you're, you're very much your material reality grounded some might say what, what are the exactly. things exactly yeah. yeah very grounded and it's... And, and i always like to think of um what Lee Morgan says, you know, about like working with fairies, I think it's kind of this, a similar thing with gnomes. It's not necessarily the seeing, but the noticing, right? Um, you, you're not going to, I mean, maybe you will, you're not necessarily going to have a little man materialize in your house. Um, I wish that was the case. It might be the case for you. But, um, you know, how how is your luck improving? How are, are things around you improving Absolutely. on a daily basis? Yeah, that's it. Well, I think a lot about what you said, Austin, when it comes to your actual character, your actions. And I hope this comes across as, as what I mean it and and not as a detriment towards society and humankind, but like people lie <laughs> a lot. And I don't mean this in a necessary mm, bad yeah. way where we are intentionally lying. Um, we mask as people, especially in public. Um, we give a portion of ourselves to others that when we're alone, we're not always thriving or existing within, if that makes sense. Um, When it comes to spirits, I think sometimes people have a hard time always knowing how to have a relationship with spirits, house spirits, kitchen spirits, oven spirits, animistic spirits, like however we're talking about spirit relationships, because we can't have the same type of relationship we have with another human. We can't, sorry, not tonight, I have a prior engagement. um, So you can sit (laughs) at home. Like, um, we can't put on an emotional mask in front of them because they can feel how you feel. There is a, at least in my opinion, this is how I've always seen it. The type of relationship is one that comes across with severe honesty, sometimes to our detriment, because they can see who you are. They can tell whether or not just for us you know what i don't care if this is like there are a lot of practitioners online or people who claim to be who absolutely i do not believe are believing in this shit that they say i think they say it because they're creating the because they're content creators now i'm not naming names obviously i think this is something that (laughs) this is this is a little uh, new year's tea (laughs) but at the same time like i think that in real life and in a real practice a spirit the spirits can tell when you're faking it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't have a dishonest relationship with spirits. And I think that goes to the way that I think about my own home. Like my home can tell when I am being honest about something, when I'm trying to put something off. It 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 lets me know how it feels and it shows up in my own emotional state. Um, right. So I think that that's something that 
when it comes down to it. And and if people out there are building relationships with spirits in your home, in your life or whatnot, you have to recognize it will be different than a relationship with your best friend, with your mom, with your coworkers, um, because it, it is an absolutely honest one. Even in the silence, they know what's happening, um, even if you're not willing to talk about it. Yeah, and that's a really good segue into I I, I know the, the next question, which is you know so, some things not to do with your yes. house spirit, and it's exactly that. Um, there are a lot of stories about um, basically spirits taking on the nature of their of, of the people of the household. So if you are a liar, your household spirit is going to to be a liar. Um, sometimes they can even transform into these. Um, terrifying poltergeist. Um, that's something that we see with a brownie. A brownie can actually become a bogart and make your life horrible. Um, the tomty can become a tomty base, which is a completely, you know, it's a completely different thing. Um, certain spirits can become these throcks that, you know, uh, suddenly, you know, the, the luck is gone from your house and you might even start a fire. Um, that, that's definitely one of the major ways to upset them. Um, the other things, of course, are things like not upholding packs, um, you know, not giving them their porridge, not upholding certain feast days. Or if you do give them their porridge, um, you, you make it the wrong way. You know, you you don't put the, the butter on top of the porridge. And it's like, like that's, that's part of our pact, okay? Like, Why you know, I, you do I don't want to get, get too into details, but like, where's the, where's the butter? Where's the um, butter? And it better be exactly. salted butter, not unsalted Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're and topped with cinnamon and sugar. Mm. I get it once a year. Why can't you just make it the way that the, I like the it? One, you had one job. One job. You had you had one job. Uh, one job. A witch I do cur- all the stuff for you all year. Right. A witch cursed your grandmother, uh, your great 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 grandmother, seven hundred years ago, and I was involved in that. And now I'm stuck with you, and I take care of you. And yet the one thing that I ask is that you put cinnamon, mm-hmm. sugar, and salted butter on top of my porridge and you can't even get that right. Fuck you. Uh- <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, so, and this actually gets into like brownie folklore. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you give them the wrong thing or you give them something that you shouldn't have. Um, one of the ways that folks would lose their brownie is to give, give him clothes. Um, and sometimes you see this in different folklore. Um, I think this is true of the kabouters of, of Belgium. Um, you know, like someone's peering through um, maybe the the gap in the door and they see their household spirit and it's got, or their farm spirit and it's it's got, you know, really, really um, torn clothes. So they think, okay, I'm going to show my gratitude by, by giving them clothing. Um, and then they leave. And people have speculated about this, like, oh, you know, you, you've given the spirit clothing and now it has kind of the agency to leave because it's got new threats right um there are other folk beliefs that uh you gave them i love this you gave them the wrong type of threads you know like you gave me something with synthetic materials i don't want this where's my nice linen shirt you know where where are my little silk boots with leather and cute little buckles like no and i i always think about that because it's it's pretty funny um because there are some uh, spirits that actually it's a good thing to, to give them um, some clothing like one of the usual um, or one of the traditional um, offerings to Tomti and also the Nisa and um, Tontu is the 
that's mostly Scandinavian spirits, um, is to give them like a little piece of wool cloth so that they can mend mend their clothing. Um, the niece hook of the Frisian islands. Um, sometimes, sometimes you'll hear little little singing. Um, it's like a haunting little melody. That's actually the spirit singing like, please give me a new waistcoat. Please give me new shoes. <laughs> and one of the ways that you seal your relationship with the niece hook is actually to give him little, uh, like usually red wool stockings because um, that's just what they expect. And also um, with a lot of these spirits, they're, they're, um, they're associated with knocking. That's not the thing with the niece book. Instead, you'll hear them kind of like slip sliding around your house, which I think is just adorable. Like, <laughs> like a slip and slide, like squeaking. Yes. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you're going to give, if you're going to give your spirit something um, that's clothing related, make sure it's, it's wool or, or some, some nice fibers. It reminds me a lot too of um, the uh, Old Testament biblical thing where you shouldn't mix threads, um, certain threads together. Uh, and I wonder yep. if that has anything to do uh, thinking about like the actual body of lore itself and like where that comes from. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that might be really interesting as like, um, I don't know, maybe these spirits, like we need them to be close to godliness so they don't, you know, mess about and... Uh, um, I actually, <laughs> I actually love love that idea because, um, you know, they're we think that because they are spirits of the other, they're, that they're not associated with with God. Um, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, Paracelsus makes this very clear that um, you know all of these spirits of the el- elements they are still children of God. They're not children of Adam, but they're still children of God, and you know we can act interact with them. And we can um, we can see them as that. Um, also, there there are plenty of stories of these spirits leaving because of the church bells. Maybe it's not the fact that it's you know a church. Maybe it's just a really loud noise that they can't stand because their hearing is just better than than us. Because there are stories about these spirits really embracing certain Christian traditions. In fact, some churches even have church gnomes. Um, you see this a lot in Scandinavia. You see this a lot um, even in um, the Netherlands. Uh, there have been, you know, cabbers that that take up residence in certain churches. And one of my favorite brownie stories is uh, an account um, from a priest who was actually trying to dispel the brownie. And in his notes, he, you know, even says, even states like the brownie took part in all of these traditions, like a child was getting baptized. And so he put all these bouquets around the house wanting to make it beautiful. So it's, it's interesting how, how spirits can, can change and syncretize and Uh with us basically. Yeah. I really love the impact that. that we have on them. Absolutely. I, it reminds me of Hans Christian Anderson, of course, writes, uh, in his little mermaid about, um, a mermaid needing to marry a, a, a child of Adam so that she can gain or they can gain a soul. But it's interesting because I'm pretty sure that is directly from Paracelsus. If I remember uh, Mm -hmm. reading my stuff correctly is like Paracelsus argues that like they of course do not have souls. um, And uh, a lot of the, the undines or the, the nymphs will um, make it a point to try to marry uh, human men so that they can gain their souls and, and, and become, um, uh, you know, indoctrinated into heaven, um, as, as, and if not after a certain period of time, they just 
turn into seafoam. That bit might just be a Hans Christian Andersen add-on. But um, the 300 idea, years. 300 years, yeah. Um, Obviously. Uh, of course. Um, uh, a very specific amount of time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. I think like the, these things um, come into to, to play and how all these things can like mash up together and how like we do also spirits I think can be uh, a, not appeased but like cool with like cultural sharing and like mm -hmm. other other spirits that they also interact as instead of uh it always being a my dad can beat up your dad situation right and and it's, it's interesting how this also reflects the, the genus loci and you know you have these spirits with especially wells in particular um you know there was like this this elf who lived in a well or, or a fairy but then over time um it actually reveals itself as a as mary or a different saint or it's usually a saint that is very much associated with fairies but still a saint nonetheless and that's always something important to think about when when we're interacting and engaging with these spirits they have their own agency and um that's kind of a rule of thumb with the gnomes a gnome is whatever is something that will answer to the phrase gnome. Yeah. To, yeah. to gnome yeah. yeah um speaking of gnome so we've talked about uh like divination or i'm sorry we haven't talked about divination but we've talked about like how how to find out about gnomes how to find out about um spirits ancestral spirits how to find out about potential also um things that might rub you and your house spirits the wrong way, i.e. curses or taboos that have been broken, packs that have not been made. All of that being said, I was wondering, um, Nay, you have kind of went through a, uh, in the last year or so, like a, a shift, uh, changing your handle over to House of Nomi. Nomi. Um, I know you um have um, p potential future plans of of doing some things in ways of in lieu of services perhaps could you tell us more about that yes absolutely so um i think this is gonna be the year of gnome um i have some you know materia drops that i've been working on especially related to cleansing um i'm sure you can kind of guess what that is um and also you know i've got some writing projects that i really really hope see the light of day this year and yeah, I'm I'm hoping to offer some divination services. Um, I I I am a lot caster, and in fact, this was one of the the really fun things that I I learned from Al Cummins. You know, Doctor Al Cummins, friend of the show. I know. Um, we we both have the unverified personal gnome gnosis, although it's between the two of us, so I guess it's verified that um, gnomes really like it. Divination systems where you throw something. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it didn't, I'm not saying that you got to learn runes or geomancy, but you mm -hmm. might want to consider it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I know uh, specifically because of Dr. Al Cummins's teachings, uh, there there's ways to like investigate spirits mm -hmm. of place yeah. um, with specific houses uh, within a chart. And so, uh, and then the other, uh, you know, behind the scenes stuff that I'll, I'll, I can do with that, which I was always doing with tarot and, and stuff. Um, but I think that geomancy is a little more succinct and a little more structured in a way that I think reacts to that better. But then also doing the uh, feet on the ground, listening to spirit, uh, you know, things like that, where it's like, okay, what is what is going on here? The, the geomancy informing the other stuff that's going on behind the scenes. But I'm very excited for you uh in this coming year yes 
Nay, thank you so much for coming on today. And I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering where can people find you? Um, yeah, tell us your your Instagram and things like that. Yeah, it's just it's just House of Nomi, um, House of G N O M I. My little nod to Papa Paracelsus. Um, that's that's the best place to find me. That's where I post um, any classes that I've been you know doing, and also uh, I got a lot of I got a lot of gnome research. You do you write <laughs> um, like very beautifully succinct with great images uh pictures of of gnomes and things like that illustrations um that you compile yourself i think that's great of so many different like folklore um beliefs and like ways to interact with uh these spirits um through through folklore which i think is really wonderful and uh god bless you for it because i can't be that succinct with a post yeah Absolutely. so yeah i also get into certain um you know folk magic practices, but also um, I, I'm hoping to expand the gnome universe and maybe even talk a little bit about dwarves this year. That's very exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's another element that's, you know, everyone talk, wants to talk about elves and fairies. Nobody wants to talk about dwarves, except right? for me. I mean, I, I, me. I, like, I mean, I also like those other ones, but you know, there's stuff out there <laughs> your niche your niche and you're you're getting into the the the, the metal workers of the earth um yeah. who who make really beautiful uh, uh coffins and things yes nay the niche house of nomi exactly yeah and that, that's another fun distinction um that also paracelsus gets into is you know gnomes they don't they don't um you know have relations with humans mm-hmm. um dwarves on the other hand dwarves fuck Doors be fucking. I believe that. I don't know why, but I automatically believe that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of medieval romances are all about dwarves, and just you know, if you're sitting at home and and you're single, don't worry. Like there are like seven out of ten dwarves that find you attractive. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's really hot. I was wondering, are you um, by chance doing SWFF this year, or will you be at the Spring Agora? Um, no, I, I had to take a little bit of a break due to my um, real life mundane horrible job. It's That's not okay. horrible, but you know, it, it pays it pays the bills, but it's uh, not really a place where I get to talk about gnomes and folk magic. So to the jobs um, that pay the bills. Yeah, mm. exactly. But uh, you know, I'm hoping to be back for for the summer. We'll we'll see. Okay. You've been listening to Southern Bramble, a podcast of Crooked Ways. I'm Marshall. The Witch of Southern Light. You can find me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at Witch of Southern Light. Um, please check out the uh, uh, link trees uh, in all of my bios. It has lots of free resources informa- and information. Um, buy my book, Cutting Words, a Grimoire of Tales and Magic. Thank you so much. On Amazon or um, honestly, any place that online books are sold, Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon. Uh, I think there's... It gets pushed out in a lot of different places, so it's easy to find if you are not interested in purchasing it on Amazon. Um, Austin, take it away. And I'm Austin Bain X Bramble on Instagram. If you're in the Tampa City metro area, you can find me on February 10th at Dysfunctional Grace, uh, where I'll be doing an in-person workshop uh, where we'll be making a uh, love-focused perfume. Um, You can find me doing an online workshop 
at the Salem Witchcraft and Folklore Festival's Spring Agora, titled Ghost in the Shell, Magic Machines, and Post-Human Witchcraft. And you can also find me at Botanica Obscura, also in March, doing a uh, lecture on the witchcraft of the Path of Venus. So I hope to see some of you at those. I know you said where uh, people can find you, but um, uh, do you have any special projects or anything you want to let people know about? Um, no, I think I, I think I've shared uh, shared enough at the moment. <laughs> Gorgina, thank you thank for being here. Thank you, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. It's been super, super wonderful. I feel like I learn so much from guests that come on the show, especially about topics I know very little about. And then I also find myself realizing I may not know much about it, but I feel like I'm resonating with so much of the information because it's already integrated into my life. I just didn't know that's what it was yet. Yep, exactly. Southern Bramble is a patron-supported podcast. We'd like to thank our patron supporters by name. Witch Rafa, V, Tracy, Timothy, The Witch of Patapsco Forest, The Modern Babylon, The Lady Ghost, Shanna, Nico, Lisa, Keith, Key, Johnny, John, Jens, Jennifer, Jennifer Squared, Jamisa, Giles, Colby, Callie, Ariella, and Adity. Thank you all so much for your patron support.